This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. We are back. It is Thursday. Daphne, how are you? Good. You're being silly today. Yeah, almost. we're almost done with the week. It feels good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like for people who are following us in real time, who don't have the board exam until April, like this is a time where you're like, this is fun. I'm reviewing questions. It feels light and fun. Now, if you're following us and it's February, <laughs> stressful. We'll try to keep it light and fun for for you in your honor. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm I'm supposed to ask you this question. So this is question twenty nine. The uh. reduced ability of the preterm infant to concentrate urine is related to all of the following. So why are preterm infants not really able to concentrate urine? So we're looking for the false statement. Choice A, low serum urea concentration. Choice B, more permeable glomerular basement membrane. Choice C, reduced sodium absorption in the thick ascending loop leading to low medullary osmolarity. Choice D, they have a shorter loop of Henle. And choice E, tubule insensitivity to vasopressin. I remember this because well. I, I remember this. I remember this answer very well because I, I, I got this wrong in a spectacular fashion. Like you know, what what I mean by that is like I remember doing this question and clearly looking at the right answer and be like, clearly that's not it. Like eliminating it right off the bat and then be like, holy shit, got some work to do here. I okay. I don't. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to lie to you. In physiology, I struggled the most with the kidney. That's why it was so earth-shattering for me to think about <laughs> proximal and distal RTAs and their association with one another. But um, I feel like, and maybe this is wrong, <laughs> that if you have a more permeable, permeable glomerular basement membrane, does that even help you concentrate urine? <laughs> is it permeable? Maybe it's less permeable. I don't know. I'm going to go with B. Yes. Uh, I'm suspicious about. Good for you. That, that, that is, choice. That is, that's, that's the wrong statement, obviously. So that means it's the correct choice here to pick. The concentrating ability of the human kidney increases with gestational age. The maximum urine osmolality in preterm infants is 500 milliosmoles per liter, while term infants can attain an osmolality of 800 milliosmoles per liter. Older children and adults can reach as high as 1,200 milliosmoles per liter. The premature infants has a reduced ability to concentrate urine, and that is related to number one, the tubule insensitivity to vasopressin. Uh, number two, they have low serum urea concentration. Number three, they have a reduced sodium reabsorption in the thick ascending loop, leading to low medullary osmolality. And then number four, they have a short loop of Henle. If you remember, the loop of Henle is almost like this distillery where 
urine goes through and the sodium is supposed to be like almost seep, supposed to almost seep out, um, followed by water. The permeability of the preterm infant's glomerular basement membrane increases with advancing gestational age. So it's so, less permeable. That's right. And apparently that doesn't affect concentrating ability. I was right about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. I am going to ask you a question. Um, I lost it. Question 30, I think it is. That's a male, right. A male fetus is found to be small for gestational age with a large placenta. Not a lot of things cause a large placenta. The maternal serum and amniotic fluid alpha fetoprotein concentrations are elevated. Ooh, elevated AFP. The infant is born preterm and admitted to the neonatal intensive care unit with severe proteinuria, hypoproteinemia, and hyperlipidemia. Which of the following is the most likely cause of the findings described? Is it A, congenitally acquired human immunodeficiency virus? B, congenital nephrotic syndrome, the Finnish type? Is it C, diffuse mesangial sclerosis? D, membranous nephropathy? Oof, you got to reach back to all those pediatric renal days. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, when you have low protein and edema, right, that's nephrotic syndrome. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I haven't thought about the different types. I think the Finnish type is the most common one. Congrats on the Finns for catching that. But uh, so I'm going to, if it's not the Finnish type, I'm going to get burnt on this question. But it sounds like nephrotic syndrome. Yes, that is correct. I mean, they didn't give you other types. So. No, but you know, sometimes they could say like, <laughs> Congenital nephrotic syndrome, the French type. And it's like, well, actually, no, it's not the French type. The That's Finnish right. type. Whatever I, it's like, I, I, so I might get burned on this, but I'm going to try to see okay. if I have this. But you're right. Um, all of these symptoms are characteristic of congenital nephrotic syndrome. Congenital nephrotic syndrome is characterized by proteinuria, hypoproteinemia, because we're losing it all in the urine, hyperlipidemia, and edema. The vast majority of affected infants have clinical symptoms in the first month of life. The Finnish type is the most common. This type has an autosomal recessive pattern of inheritance and is caused by a mutation in the NPHS, nephro nephrotic syndrome, one mm -hmm. <laughs> gene coding for the nephrine protein. Fetal findings include small for gestational age in the face of a large placenta and an elevated maternal serum or amniotic fluid alpha fetoprotein. Proteinuria can lead to impaired immune function with loss of immunoglobulins. And as a result of urinary losses of anticoagulant proteins, infants are also at increased risk of thrombosis. Individuals affected by congenital nephrotic syndrome require dialysis and renal transplant. For the other choices, infants affected by diffuse mesangial sclerosis have similar clinical findings as congenital nephrotic syndrome, though the fetal findings are absent. And clinical onset typically occurs later in infancy and may be associated with hypertension. Infection with toxoplasmosis, rubella, syphilis, cytomegalovirus, or herpes simplex viruses, human, uh, human immune, immune deficiency, and hepatitis B have all been associated with congenital nephrotic syndrome. I didn't remember that. But our <clears throat> torch, torch, HIV, hep B have all been associated with congenital nephrotic syndrome. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So the yeah yeah I have it's so funny that I couldn't really remember this like it's verbatim in my notes like everything that we just mentioned is in my my board review notes. I even have like the little finish flag to remind myself of the, <laughs> the most common type. Um, That's nice. Yeah, early onset hypertension, diffuse mesangial sclerosis, early onset hypertension, um, and they get sicker later on, like at twelve months mm-hmm. of age. But they have a normal pregnancy, normal birth, as you said. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right, let's see. We are moving on to question 31. So let me just scroll past all the things that we've already done. Question 31. <clears throat> Daphna. Okay. <laughs> a male fetus is suspected of having low syndrome, an X-linked disorder impacting the enzymatic function of the cellular Golgi apparatus. Which of the following organ system is not involved in low syndrome? Choice A, endocrine metabolic. Choice B, neurologic. Choice C, ophthalmologic. Ophthalmologic. And then choice choice D, renal. Choice E, reproductive. Okay, you know I love syndrome. But? And low, I don't don't know about the Golgi apparatus. I'm not going to lie to you. But low syndrome has a a different name that tells you exactly what it is. It's the oculocerebral renal syndrome. Low syndrome. Mm-hmm. So, endocrine metabolic, I, I don't know. Neurologic, yes. Ophthalmologic, yes. Renal, yes. I don't know. I feel like if it includes all those other organs, maybe endocrine and metabolic is, is involved. So, I, I'm going to go with E, reproductive is not involved. Ooh, you were so close. I'm, I mean, so you close. did. So, yeah, you did good. <laughs> uh, the tr- the answer choice was a endocrine metabolic. Um, so low syndrome is X-linked recessive. It's a disorder affecting the enzymatic function of the cellular Golgi apparatus. It is also known, as you said, as the oculocerebrorenal syndrome. As such, the organ affected the organs that are affected include the eyes. They can have cataracts, glaucoma. It can. It's uh, another organ system that is affected is the nervous system. They could have hypotonia, mm-hmm. reflexia, severe mental deficiency. Another organ system is the kidney, uh, the kidneys, which you would have tubular dysfunction, proteinuria, aminoaciduria, and then you can even have possibly congenital nephrotic syndrome, and then the reproductive system. Mm. Now, low syndrome can be prenatally diagnosed by elevated maternal and amniotic alpha-fetoprotein concentration with increased nucleotide pyrophosphatase in skin fibroblasts. So, yeah, um, that's something that can be... But it doesn't tell us what the reproductive problems are, huh? So, um, they could have Mm -hmm. crypto-orchidism. So, that's that's the most common one. So, yeah, so renal, we said tubular dysfunction, proteinuria, mm-hmm. amyloaciduria, congenital nephrotic syndrome. We said uh, GU, we talked about cryptoorganism. We talked about neurologic, hypotonia, areflexia, mental uh, retardation. And then um, uh, in terms of eyes, cataracts, glaucoma. And that's GU. So these are the, yeah, the disorder of the Golgi apparatus. Okay. It's a All tough right. one. That was a tough um, one. I really thought I had it. <laughs> Okay, your turn. This is question 32. 
Ooh, another, another syndrome. Okay, a neonatologist is caring for a female infant with dysmorphic facial features, including triangular faces, protruding ears, large eyes with strabismus, and a drooping mouth. A history of polyhydramnios is noted. The neonatologist is concerned that this infant has barter syndrome. Oof. <laughs> I had a the bit, most. I had a patient with it in residency. I did a whole presentation on this. You always have a patient with it. I know. So I feel like <laughs> I remember the baby had a very cool name. Um, I don't know if I can say. I mean, his first name was Astro. So I will remember that baby forever. <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. Okay. The most likely laboratory findings in this infant with presumed barter syndrome is what? <laughs> Do you want me to read them all to you or do you want to, I don't want to confuse anybody as they're driving, folding laundry, listening to us. The, the choices, the choices include, do they have high or low potassium? Do they have, what sort of pH balance do they have? Is it metabolic acidosis or metabolic alkalosis or a normal pH? Do they have high urine sodium chloride or do they have hypercalciuria? Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. So I know that babies with bar syndrome have low potassium, right? And then, um, and then what else? What else are the other choices that I have here? Um, they tend to not have acidosis, but alkalosis. So then that's, let me see. Yeah, alcohol. So that's D, basically, right? In hypercalciuria. I think there's only one choice that has the, this combination. Yeah, D is correct. So they have hypokalemia, metabolic alkalosis, and hypercalciuria. Mm -hmm. They have normal serum calcium, but hypercalciuria. So um, what happens is there's a hypertrophy and hyperplasia of the renal juxtaglomerular apparatus. This leads to uh, increased renin, increased aldosterone, hypokalemic metabolic alkalosis. Um, and the etiology is that there are a number of defects in sodium chloride and potassium transport in the loop of Henle. It manifests either as a severe antenatal or classic form presenting in later infancy or childhood. Antenatal history may be notable for polyhydramnios. Physical examination findings include triangular facies, protruding ears, large eyes with strabismus and drooping mouth, and the common electrolyte derangements include hypokalemia, the metabolic alkalosis with hypercalciuria, and affected infants may develop dehydration and hypotension related to severe salt wasting. And management requires replacement of sodium and potassium and close attention to fluid balances. Yeah. They may also develop nephrocalcinosis secondary to hypercalciuria. Yeah, there's a whole thing about like the NAK2CL uh, channel that's not working. So then that leads to some other compensation mechanism where you, you excrete more calcium. Like it's yeah, physiologically, I think yeah, you can go ahead and read it's, that. It's always about some swappity swap. <laughs> <laughs> should, we call, should we call the episode swappity swap? Uh, no. swap but I think this is helpful. We don't have a lot of causes for metabolic alkalosis no. in neonatology no. um, or high calciums. 
sorry, this is high calcium in the urine. Urine, yeah. Normal serum calcium. That's where your urine electrolytes so helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I order urine electrolytes all the time, and they are rarely helpful. <laughs> That's right. Um. All right, Daphna, I will see you tomorrow. Okay, buddy. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nicupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICUPodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.